What's happening, everyone? It's Kira and Ben back again. Today, we are doing a user suggestion phone booth from 2003 starring Colin Farrell. So (laughs) I saw this movie when it first came out, and then I had not seen it again. And rewatching it for this podcast was an absolute wild ride. Ben, let's talk a little bit about your history with the film before we get in it. So I never watched it. Naziru Wonder from Ghana suggested it, and I, I, this is my first time actually watching it too. <laughs> this is your first. I, okay, so like I knew like going in, like I had remembered like the main plot points of this movie. I had forgotten a lot of the other plot points of this movie, and I forgot what big of a cast this has. So our main man Stu is played by Colin Farrell. Our main police detective is played by Forrest Whitaker. Colin Farrell's wife is played by Rahada Mitchell, and then his wannabe mistress is played by Katie Holmes and then the voice over the phone is Keith Sutherland so a wildly large cast for this film obviously this movie has come out post 9-11 which I think you can see a lot in the blue tint of the film which like if you guys look at color theory and we're not going to talk about color theory too much about this because the movie is so wild but if you look at movies that come out directly after 9-11 there is this very odd like bluish tint to a lot of them and I don't and I think like in my heart like when I've done like research about this and like what I've viewed from it as well is like when you're watching films like this I think it's because everyone was so like it, it kind of portrays this like surreal sadness that everyone was feeling kind of like when you look at films made in that time that are set in the Middle East they film everything with kind of this like yellowish tint to make it seem more like third world so I thought the bluish tint of this movie was so insane, especially having it be set in New York. And then when I was doing some research about the film, this movie was actually supposed to be released in 2002, but it didn't get released until 2003 because there were actual sniper attacks in D.C. that delayed the release of this film because this movie is about a sniper terrorizing a man in a phone booth. Yes, yes. I Like I said, I first time seeing it, and the character of Colin Farrell reminded me of the character from Fast Time at Ridgemont High that was selling the tickets. Right. It, it mimicked, they mimicked each other. Like, I was sitting there going, wait, I'm expecting Spicoli <laughs> to walk out any second. I was like, I was like, he, I mean, they were just to the T, the exact same character. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah, and I think that character is such, like, a classic, like, archetype of, like, asshole. Yeah. And I think that was, like, the point, right? So Colin Farrell's this, like, publicist, He's a liar. He's a slick talker. He's a fast talker. He dresses well. He uses people. He manipulates people. He doesn't care. He's all about himself. We see this in the way that he treats his assistant. We see this in the way that he treats one of his clients, which was an uncredited Ben Foster. And I was losing my mind when I saw that. I was like, Ben? Ben Foster? What are you doing here? And then he like manipulates the owner of a restaurant. He smooth talks this client that he has that wants to be an actress it's katie Holmes. she's a waitress and then he even smooth talks his wife into being like in the beginning when he's like not confessing his crimes so this movie is so insane and like i do not want to rag too hard on this movie because it was a user suggestion but the plot points made to me legitimately no sense the pacing of okay So the pacing of this movie is incredibly fast. It's only an hour 20. And I swear to God, if this movie was longer, I would be like, Keith or Sutherland, shoot me because I can't handle it. So obviously, 
Stu goes into the phone booth to call his mistress because his wife tracks the phone calls that he makes on his cell phone, which I was like, first of all, if you're keeping tabs on like your, you don't do that unless like you don't trust your husband like automatically. And then it comes out like later in the film that they've only been together for three years, married for one. So like they're very new in their relationship. Um, so Colin Farrell goes in to make a phone call to Katie Holmes. You can see he's kind of trying to like try to be slimy and she's kind of rebuffing him. She's like, no, you know, like I have work, I have this. And he's like, well, let's do this. He takes his wedding ring off. Very just much not a nice guy. And then that phone call ends and the phone starts ringing. So he picks it up and on the phone, dun, 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 is Kiefer Sutherland's voice. And he starts terrorizing him and being like, you can't leave this phone booth. If you leave this phone booth, like you're going to die. A pizza man comes up to him and tries to like deliver a pizza to him. And he's like, you're a dick. Like I didn't order a pizza. Who orders a pizza to a phone booth? We have this other sub storyline of sex workers, which to me was the most a pointless storyline like I get the point of the storyline so we have to have him have this kind of like interaction with these sex workers to then get their bouncer involved to then have Keith or Sutherland kill the bouncer and frame Colin Farrell for it which first of all makes no sense because you can see the bullet marks on the outside of the phone booth so how is he shooting like how is he shooting how could he shoot that makes no sense and then everyone's like he killed him and it's like no he didn't okay so this sub storyline is so insane because first of all, it's like 2003. So you either have a beeper or a cell phone or you're using this phone booth. And if all these girls work in this club, that's like right across the street where this bouncer is that Leon that they like get involved. Why can't they just use the phone in the club? Why are they terrorizing Colin Farrell? And he's just like, let me use the phone. And then they're all screaming. And I thought it was like such a weak portrayal too, like such such like a cop-out portrayal of sex workers like very like i don't know just like what you would think of when you think of like a, a man written sex worker just like loud brash unkept very like i don't you know what i'm trying to say yes i'm a street kid so yeah i, <laughs> I, I hung around with the uh, prostitutes and drug addicts and drug dealers so i totally got it i i mean i saw people that did act like that but those are the ones that were really hooked on drugs and like were just like half the time when they were acting like that they were on something it wasn't like a normal way for them to behave most people don't want to draw attention to themselves right because they don't want the cops on their ass exactly um, and then so this dude dies and keith or sutherland's like look what you made me do actually he's like you made you had me kill him and the guy was like no i just want this to end so keith or sutherland is in his own mind a pioneer of justice Entrapping these men that he watches somehow, he watches and listens and convinces them that they're either going to die or confess to their crimes. So the two examples of the people that he has done this to before, I view are actual bad people. We have a director of adult films who actually directs child pornography and is a pedophile. So I'm like, okay, deserves to die. And then we have another man who's an insider trader on Wall Street. I mean, you don't have to die for that, but it is like a real crime. And then we get to Colin Farrell, whose crime is wanting to cheat on his wife and being an asshole. So to me, none of these make sense. The first two kind of get the third Colin Farrell not at all and I get it because they're trying to make him more likable like we have to be on Colin Farrell's side right 
So if he's like a real criminal, we're not going to be on his side. I wasn't on his side. <laughs> but like, you know what I'm saying? Like in the, in, like he's our protagonist. So yes. Like, yes. we can't have our protagonist be as awful. But at the same point, it's like, well, then maybe you should have just had him kill adulterers because this makes no sense. So he, in his mind, call, um, Keith Sutherland is this this vigilante that is cleaning up the streets in New York because he wants people to, like, atone and commit, like, their crimes. So he's holding Colin Farrell hostage. Forrest Whitaker comes in. He's, like, trying to negotiate with Colin Farrell. He thinks he killed this guy. He's like, let me help you. Let me help you. And up until this point, they think he's armed and dangerous. It is not until Colin Farrell's wife, Kelly Rahada Mitchell, comes in, which, for some reason, in 2003, you can just run through police barricades and just be like, I'm his wife, run through police barricades, and then be on the front line with the cops. I'm sorry, that never happened. No, not at all. You no, know, they they would have her pushed to the side. She would not be in a, in a hostage negotiation. It she, wouldn't happen. She would not be front and center to the point where he can put a mark on her. So then we see that Forrest Whitaker kind of actually comes around to see that Colin Farrell is being terrorized. He is not doing this of his own free volition. He sees the little target on Rahada Mitchell, and he's like, "Oh, okay, maybe this guy is like real." So then they start looking for him. They're like, okay, we're going to find him. We're going to find him. Colin Farrell's delaying him. And the guys, and then obviously Colin Farrell comes clean. He's like, okay, I'll come clean. Like, I don't want to die. I don't want my wife to die. I don't want this girl who I want to be my mistress to die. So he confesses all his sins of being an asshole, which everyone's like, okay, you're a dick, whatever. You're holding up the street. We got half the police force here. Like, what? And then, obviously, when they think that they kill the killer, when they think that they kill Keith or Sutherland because they go up to the apartment where they trace the call from, it is actually, plot twist, the pizza boy. And it's like, okay, so he's killed Keith or Sutherland for this one person, two people, just sacrifice them for no reason to get this guy to confess that he's a slime ball. feel like we could have done this a different way. And then, so then another, so we're going to get to all the insane points, but this is the end of the story. And this is the last insane point or one of them is that Colin Farrell is now alone in the ambulance. They put something in to make him fall asleep. So he's all loopy. He's all daisy. And then active crime scene in an ambulance, Keith or Sutherland walks up and just starts talking to him just like, Oh, like you passed the test. You did it right. Like what happens? Like, and okay. So he's like talking to him like, oh, you did the right thing. You did the right thing. And Colin Farrell's like, what the fuck? I thought we killed you. And then he walks away. And the last thing he says, which I think is legitimately the stupidest thing. And if this is the point of the movie, it is the dumbest point. When he goes, well, if a phone rings, do you have to answer it? I would say no. <laughs> I would say no. And that is the last line of the film. And then it goes into this like ringing sound, goes all the way out into this satellite shot, goes to black. And then you hear another person pick up and say hello. So it's like, obviously, this is like a cycle for him. But the way that he picks his victims is makes no sense to me. Yeah, no. And if a phone rings, you don't have to answer. You it. don't have to answer Look it. Look at all the things like when a stranger calls, bad. They picked up the phone, bad tidings. 
a scream. A scream. Picked up the phone. Bad tidings. No, you don't have to pick up the phone. Especially like if you don't know who the person is, hang up. Hang up. And I did think at some points the voice that Keith or Sutherland used did sound like the ghost face voice. Like to the point where I was like, do they have the same voice actor? Is this even even Kiefer Sutherland? Like I was like, this movie is so bad. So I thought a lot. So let's talk about Keith or Sutherland's character. And I obviously am not a fan of this movie, but I thought the way that he was poorly written was like they were trying to make him like John Doe from Seven, kind of this vigilante who lives by his own rules, has his own code of justice, and kind of is enacting on that code of justice and terrorizing these people. I think in Seven, it is done much better with an actual point. With an act- We have fully fledged characters. We have reasons that make sense. In this, we have no backstory. No. We don't know what he, why, or why he's doing this. No, and you think you think they're giving a backstory when he when he's talking to him about Nam and stuff, and he's like, "Are you stupid? I'd be seventy. Like, and like, I'm like, so who are you? Why are you doing this? What what is your point? I mean, did you just one day wake up and say, "Hey, you know what? I'm just gonna execute people I feel are bad." I mean, and that's your concept of bad, and your your concept of bad is another person's concept of good. I mean, it, it's like when people go to war. Yeah. Um, the countries fight, but each country thinks they're right. Of course, there's a right and a wrong, but both countries think that they're the right ones. Of and, course. And the only one that actually like comes out to be the right one is the one that wins. Is the one that wins. Yeah. And I would say in this movie, no one wins. No. no. Because everyone's motivations make absolutely no sense. I would say the only motivations that make sense is Forrest Whitaker's because he's literally just trying to do his job. Yeah. And then like I was watching... When he his his rapper um, talent comes on, and I was like, "What the hell is this? Amer- uh, Malibu's Most Wanted?" Oh my god, I thought the <laughs> same thing. I was like, "Why are we watching Malibu's Most Wanted?" I was like, "This is this is just ridiculous." And then it looked really bad because they got these two big black guys and this little tiny white guy, and he looked terrified to be around the black guys. I was like, "This is so ter- stereotyping. This is awful right here." <laughs> it is awful. It was so stereotypical. It was like someone just kind of grabbed at archetypes that they see in pop culture and was like, "Yeah, we'll throw this in the film." So I also thought the film was shot horrendously. There is, it felt like it wanted to be a Tony Scott film, which RIP Tony Scott, I love your films, but it had this kind of like shaky camera. We're switching in and out of views of like, like digital versus like these split screens versus like this like grainy old kind of like VHS effect. And I was like, we're like fast paced moving through the city. And I was like, this movie makes no sense. At any point did this movie make any sense? It does not. No. Uh, like I said, I thought the character was the guy from Fast Time at Ridgemont High. <laughs> uh, then we had Malibu's Most Wanted. Then we had The Negotiator. I was like, what's going on here? Like, what? What? this movie scattered like six different movies into one. Six different movies into one. And then... It, it may and then like the things that they try to do like to be deep and like so obviously they kill the one guy leon right and then we see him get put into an ambulance end of his storyline then there is a shot where colin farrell is in the phone booth talking to keith or sutherland and it pans to where leon's body was and there's a chalk outline of where he was when did they have time to put that chalk outline there? What? Also, if it's an at, like, why are you putting a chalk outline there? Like, that is the stupidest thing. Yeah. Also, like, w- during an act of crime scene, they wouldn't have called ambulance drivers in to take the body away. It's an act of crime scene. Because, and the, the potential shooter is right there. So they wouldn't have an ambulance crew endanger themselves by being there taking the body away. 
you know, it, it, I just, I was confused by that. I was like, wait a minute, I've seen active crime scenes and there is no way in hell an ambulance crew would be endangered like that. The, the police would never do that because that's a liability issue. It's a liability issue, especially if you think he has a gun. So he has cigarettes and a cell phone in his pocket and they're like, it's a gun. And he's like, it's not, yeah. I promise. And then like, I mean, he tries to do some tricky things where he's like calling on his cell phone and like they can hear the phone call and it's like, he's like, I'm looking for my wedding ring i don't know also stupid then keith or sutherland because he's like well they're gonna find out that i don't call him feral system he's like they're gonna find out that i don't have a gun and keith or sutherland's like think again and he's stashed and he's already stashed a gun up top of yeah. the phone booth which is like okay you know that this guy comes here every day to make this one phone call but like that's a lot of risk because you saw the sex workers trying to break into this phone booth like how do you know that this gun would have ended up here like you can't control every single variable like you think you can yeah no because like what if what if colin farrell wasn't there on time missed that missed that time and then the sex workers got into the booth and then you know they look up and see the gun they're gonna take the gun they're gonna take the gun you know because they need money i mean yeah clearly i i just thought i don't know there was a lot of it that like the wife being at the crime scene. Well, they already said that they thought that he was a suicidal person. Yeah. So they're not you. They wouldn't endanger the wife like that because how do they know the wife's not one of the reasons they want to commit suicide? Because they don't know anything about Colin Farrell's like character at the point. Uh, they and don't they don't try him. to get to know anything about him. No. So they don't know if he's trying to kill himself or maybe he had a fight with his wife. Then you're gonna let the wife come on the on the crime scene. What if that's the protagonist and he shoots her because she's there? Exactly. I mean, you know. And if he's suicidal. What's to say he's not just going to come out of the booth shooting once he sees her? So I, I just thought there was a lot of stuff that, that the police would not do. They would not do it. I don't care. You can say what you want. You can bash the police. But when it comes to public safety, they are not going to. And even Keeper Sutherland says it. They're not going to do anything to you on television. Exactly. But then the news crews come. Yeah. And then he's like, all right, get ready to die on primetime TV. How did, how, how did you flip that? Yeah. Yeah, it was very confusing. Like I said, the, the, I think they put a lot of money into the people they got for the film and not a lot of money into the script. There's no money in the script. It felt like, I know we had talked about on a previous um, podcast about like AI writing script as the Lord of the Rings one. And it felt like AI fucking wrote this script because there was nothing based in reality. No, no, it wasn't. I mean, the only thing is based in reality is the fact that, yes, um, uh, People like that are jerks. They do manipulate the system to try and get their clients in. I mean, but that's like in any business. Any business, people manipulate the situations to better their situation and themselves. They're not going to, like, not do that. It doesn't make them a bad person. It makes them part of the system. The system's bad. The system's broken. But most people that are in the system try to manipulate the system to work it for themselves. Exactly. And then the part that killed me was that it comes out that he doesn't even have sex with Katie Holmes. Like he's never actually cheated on his wife. He just tries and fails, which to me is like more embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, well, it also says a lot of character for Katie Holmes. His character. Cause oh. she, she didn't sleep. And she even says it. She goes, I never slept when he tried, but I never did. She's like, and I wasn't gonna, she's like, I just thought he was, I don't know anybody in this town. And I was just trying to be nice, you know? So, I mean, would she have slept with them? Probably. Who knows? You never know. I don't know. They don't really get into that. But she clearly cared about him because she came down to the crime scene. And then when he's out there and he's like, well, this is her and this is her. And like, I'm like, well, what, what does it matter? Yeah, I was like, this is so stupid. I'm like, this is dumb. I'm like, And then the guy's like, well, I'm going to shoot one of them. Pick one. You know, I'm like, 
What? Why? What? Obviously, he would pick Katie Holmes because he hasn't even slept with her. He's like married and sleeping with his wife. Like, yeah, yeah it's just there was a lot of bad plot uh, in this. I, I wanted to like it. I did. I was like, I went into an open mind. I was like, oh, you know, it has a lot of people that like I actually like as actors and actresses. And I was like, and it should be a good movie. And then I watched it and I went, it's not a good movie. It's not. It's not a good movie because n- there are no real motivations. Nothing makes sense. It is just. Like people are like, okay, we're gonna make a sniper action film. What should we do? Yeah, and I, I, I like you said during the DC sniper and stuff. Maybe, you know, a lot of a lot of movies about snipers, like uh, the American Sniper that came out. You know, I was talking about the guy that was overseas and he was a sniper, and then they made that movie because he came back here and he got killed. And yeah, he, he ended up dying. So like, there's a lot of movies with snipers in it. I mean, because I mean it's. It's terrifying because you, you don't even know where it's going to come from. Absolutely. And that, that was kind of what I felt about this plot because you never know where it was going to come from. <laughs> I guess I, you never knew. <laughs> I had no clue where it was coming from. I, you know, I, and then they shoot me with something stupid. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. it hurts. You know? <laughs> and then like, and then the whole thing where they're like, oh, we're going to have the, uh, one of our guys shoot you with rubber bullets because like we don't want you to get real killed. It was like, maybe you should have prepped him for that. Right. Just, just shot him. <laughs> just shot him. He's I like, thought the sniper shot him. So that's what I thought, you know, and then, um, which would have to me been a better ending because yeah. then at least the sniper did what he wanted to do. Right? Did you uh, the, the 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 prostitute wasn't that Gina from from Martin? Was it? I think it was. I think she that was who. Uh, I mean, the main one, right? Yes, the the one that was like, "You shot my baby's daddy." Like, yeah, that one. I think that. Oh was, my God, was it? I think it was Gina from Martin. I really do. I, I I looked at it and I was like, "Oh my God, that's Gina!" And I was like, "Oh, you couldn't get a better role." Couldn't get a better role. <laughs> Stick uh, to Martin, right? I was like, "Come on now." I mean, you're you're a pretty good actress. So I was like, "This, you know, I I don't know." But then I know what she reminded me of, and she played it before. She reminded me of the singer in Little Shop of Horror. Oh, I love that. Right, singer. she's one of the singers. She is one of the singers. Yes, and I, I feel that character was the same kind of character from Little Shop of Horrors. So I was like, oh. I think she was a little better in Little Shop, a little bit better written in Little Shop of Horrors. Oh yeah, because Little Shop of Horrors rocked, but um, unreal. Yeah, that, but yeah, so like there was a lot of stereotypical characters that had already been used. I thought, like, yeah, and and it's just like, and they, I felt like they were just there to to further the plot in a way that made no sense like if you want to kill like a random bystander like have it make sense don't have it just be this like group of sex workers who's just like yelling and screaming i think they did it to create like tension and anxiety like everyone's yelling at him he can't control his thoughts he doesn't know what's going on but to me it just felt messy yeah yeah and then like the guy that got shot uh I was like, well, what, what, why is he even here? I'm why like, is he even here? I was like, this makes no sense. And he's like, you know, they go over here harassing me and bothering me, you know. And I'm like, you're a grown-ass man. I mean, you could be like, look, leave me the hell alone and get away from me. I don't care. Uh, you know, get inside. Do what you got to do. I mean, you're supposed to be in charge of the situation. You're supposed to be there, there basically like their pimp. And you're letting them push you around. I was like, you kind of look wimpy and then you go over there and you're trying to act tough and i'm like well i'm this character's stupid I'm it's like, so stupid and then like they need to use the phone booth so then his idea is like oh i'm gonna hit the phone booth with a baseball bat to kind of get this guy out of here and starts like breaking the glass and i'm like again what yeah. like do you you don't even want to use the phone booth like you just want to get this guy out of here which is totally fine but like also just like let it ride i don't know like there's a, probably a phone in the club if this page that you're getting is so important like you don't have to yell at someone for 40 minutes about it yeah it was really stupid and then when he called the girl um a a prostitute and she got all bent out of shape i'm like 
uh, okay, you're a prostitute. I mean, <laughs> you are what you are. I mean, I don't think any, like, hookers don't get upset when you call them a hooker. They know what they are. They're just like, you know, they deal with it. They're like, whatever, I don't care. Because they don't really care what people think. They don't. They don't they, give a shit. You know, and if they did, they wouldn't be hookers. I know. And it just, like, it that that line, that story, like, the, that little subplot made no sense to me. And I was like, I get it for chaos. But at the same time, it's like, Again, nothing in this movie made sense. It was just like a bunch of ideas thrown together. And I don't know. I would not recommend this movie. Uh, luckily, it was free to me on Hulu, so I did not have to pay for it. Because if I did, I would then like give me my money back. <laughs> I agree. I saw it on Hulu, and um, I didn't like it. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, sorry, Nazir Wonder. You're my friend. You know, my buddy. Like you, but uh, I didn't like this recommendation. I thought it was a bad recommendation, uh, and it's not because of your recommendation. It was just because of the movie. Yeah, and um, I, I would love for you to write in and tell me all the points that you love about the movie. Um, because maybe we're missing something. Like maybe we're looking at it through this like hyper hypercritical lens. But like I don't know, his little like mustache goatee and like his like raspberry Italian suit, and I was just like his fake Rolex. I was like, get off it! Like I don't care. <laughs> yeah, he his character was like I said, I it totally reminded me of the guy from Fast Time Ridge My High, the scammer, the scam artist that's trying to get over on everybody and, you know, just cares about himself and like I said, I, and even the sidekick was like the kid from Fast Times Ridge My High, his little sidekick that he abuses. So I was just I don't know. Maybe it was because I saw all these movies and seeing all these characters reminded me of all these movies, like The Negotiator, Malibu's Most Wanted, you know, Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, all these characters have played out. I've, I've seen these. Played out. And then I just, I, and then like none of it, I mean, we can't talk about the validity of every character because every character is so poorly written. But even if we look at like the character of Rahada Mitchell, she's like a shop owner gets a weird phone call, plays it off, gets a phone call from her husband, knows that her husband, like, and if my husband was, like, getting terrorized in a phone booth, I'd be like, yeah, I obviously don't know him. Like, why is he getting, like, picked, like, not picked on, but, like, why is he getting called out? He's obviously done something wrong. And for her to just be like, I love you, it's fine, it's fine, like, rushing to him after he gets hit by the rubber bullets, and he's like, I love you, I'm gonna change. It's like, are you? Yeah, no. Like I said, uh I mean, a lot of it was really weird. Like, when the cops wouldn't even listen to any other... Th they already had in their mind what was happening. And they're like, uh, but that's not how it goes. Like, they, they would have listened to every aspect of this, tried to, like, figure out what's going on. Why is his psyche like this? Instead of just blowing her off, they're like, nope, nope, you're wrong. Nope, nope, nope. I don't care if you were with them all day. It doesn't matter. You don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, okay, you would totally listen to this woman because this is the last person that you know had any kind of contact with him. So... And you would listen to this woman because you've let her into the hostage negotiation. Like, you're going to let her cross the line and then just dismiss her? Yeah, yeah. I was like, this makes absolutely no sense. So that's how I feel about it. I thought the movie made absolutely no sense. Absolutely no sense. And, okay, so while I was watching this movie, I was thinking about another movie that I actually think is good. Um, about the idea of cell phones and, like, phone calls in the early aughts. And it is a movie called Cellular that has Chris Evans and Kim Basinger in it. Have you seen this movie? No, no, but maybe we'll do a, a review on that one. May maybe. We'll see. I mean, I don't know if it holds up. This is all from my memory of when I was younger. But it's kind of like a similar, not like a similar vibe, but Kim Basinger is kidnapped and she's able to like wire, like she's able to put piece together this like rodeo dial phone. 
and she like taps it and then is able to call Chris Evans' cell phone. So now he's like on the phone with her trying to save her. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Hey, Nazero, try that movie. Try that movie. If you like cell phone, thriller cell phone movies, try that one because like I kept thinking about that being like, okay, like at least like the way that they're using like technology and like their motivations, like at least this makes sense. And then I'm watching this movie and I'm like, nothing makes sense. Like there's no plot. (laughs) No, no. Uh, so, I'm sorry. I, I didn't like it. I, I can't recommend it. I'm sorry. I also did not like it. I mean, I would I would recommend it for a laugh. Like, if you wanted to see what how not to make a movie, <laughs> I would watch it. I mean, and it's not even to me, like, one of Colin Farrell's, like, best performances. Like, I think, he, like, around the same time, he came out with, like, SWAT, Assault on Precinct 13. Like, he came out with a lot more of, like, these action-y type movies that I thought were just leagues better. Yes. Yeah, 100% agree. And uh, that's it for me. <laughs> that's it for me. Thank you guys again for the suggestions. I don't want this to, to like uh, discern you from giving us suggestions. We love it. Ben and I were just saying off screen, like I don't think we've ever covered a movie that we both did not like this vehemently. And <laughs> I mean, there's a first time for everything. And I think it makes for a fun podcast, you know, like we can't like everything. No, and don't understand something. This is our opinion. It doesn't mean it should sway your opinion. If you love this movie, love the movie. I mean, but also maybe like reevaluate. But yeah, don't watch it. If you want to watch a Colin Farrell movie, um, earlier this year we had covered the Banshees of Irishiran, which I thought is, I mean, obviously newer, obviously a very different tone. But if you want to watch a Colin Farrell film, watch that or maybe literally anything else he's done. All right, I'm done. I'm done. So catch us next time on What's Happening.